Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Hallowell and Clay Emo. Hello, good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, the September edition. It is September 1st, and uh, and we have a bit of stuff to talk about tonight, and we're going to have uh, a fun chat about the Canucks, the NHL, and everything else going on in the sports world. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay Emo. How are you doing today? Parker, I am good. I hope you are well as well. I know that today, this is our... You know what's coming, my favorite word. This is our penultimate Wednesday episode. Isn't that correct? Our second to last? That is correct. For those of you who don't know, we are wrapping up season one next Wednesday on September 8th. And then we will transition into season two of Canucks After Dark on Monday, September 13th, as we approach the 2021-22 NHL season. I will tell you, I know, I, I well, I extol you as a really good athlete i am not i'm an old fat guy old dad but i started personal training this morning again i, I think we're gonna do a four-month commitment with a trainer that i used to train with um so maybe didn't do the best job but i am <laughs> so sore man like i got up i got up at parker time before 6 30 which i never do where i was on zoom from seven to eight and i was i'm hurt like it was good i, I survived so that gives me some confidence but i'm feeling it man i'm feeling <laughs> i'm feeling it everywhere well, it is good to get in the in the grind for uh, for the winter. Not a not a, not much outdoor stuff to do coming up here, so uh, we can enjoy the last little bit of good weather we have. Um, and as always, those of you who are listening live in the YouTube chat, we see you guys. Uh, so we are going to need your help later on uh, for some segment ideas, but uh, we will read your comments as we go, as always. So feel free to keep firing those messages out in the chat. Uh, and if you're listening after the fact on a podcast platform, then uh, go subscribe to the YouTube and maybe catch some live episodes as we get into the uh, the new NHL season. You know what's exciting, Parker? And uh, we were talking before we we went on the air, and you said that our uh, you were totally in the stats and analytics, not just for hockey players, but for our, our numbers too and our our channel's numbers, which is awesome. You're teaching me so much. But you said that even in August, even though there wasn't really much to talk about, our shows. And thanks to everyone listening and watching, have been actually doing better, doing really well in August. It has been a steady increase. Our last, wow. our last three episodes on uh, on the podcast side have been our most listened to yet, uh, and they keep going up little by little every week. So yeah, thank you guys very much. And wow. the more of you that listen to the podcast, the more it moves up those charts, and uh, the more people that see it. So very cool. Thank you everyone for listening. Yeah, imagine when the Canucks actually start doing something. It's gonna, yeah. We're gonna have lots of listens. <laughs> exactly. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun season, and we're gonna be with you every Monday uh, throughout the NHL season, uh, which is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, do you want to jump into uh, some marquee topics? Sure, man. You you lead do as you, you always now, do. Now here's here's the dilemma we have for this week okay. is we have one Canucks related topic, but as far as topic priority goes it's quite a ways down the list typically yeah um, so clay you have the choice here do we Whoa. want to start with canucks talk as we like to do yeah. um or start with actual interesting news well you know i'm i'm torn i can see your dilemma parker because we are called canucks after dark not nhl after dark or offer sheet after dark i, I think that's a spoiler alert but 
It's not the most interesting thing, but I, I, I'd like to tra- stay true to our brand. Let's do the Canucks topic first, even if it only gets us three to four minutes worth, and then we get in the heavy stuff. Absolutely. And for those of you in the chat, if you want to give us some Canucks related, like like two Canucks related questions while we're here over mm. the next two minutes, so that way we can at least talk about the Canucks for like 10 minutes instead of three. Uh, the one thing we want to talk about today, and this was this is a fun, a fun article that dropped uh, this morning. Um, or this afternoon. Don't remember exactly when it was. Uh, it is an article from rakapucker.com. It is careful, a careful now. Careful. I am being careful. <laughs> it is a a Swedish website, uh, and uh, Henrik Lehman uh, at this uh, at this publication put an article out titled, uh, and it's this is all translated from Google Translate. Uh, so if anything's wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, but it is quote, Louis bullying is over quote, like starting over bullying. Well, we weren't, let's, let's be real. This fan base was not very nice to Louis Erickson. Uh, but Louis Erickson wasn't very nice to us at the same time. So, uh, there's some, there's some really fun, fun quotes on here. Um, one of the quotes is from the freezer in Vancouver <laughs> to the desert in Arizona. Um, it's been gorgeous here for the last few months, but, uh, I digress. Uh, he says it's going to be a lot of fun, new team, new coach, new players, like starting yeah. over. Um, you know, he had sort of a rocky relationship with Travis green. Um, <laughs> the, the quote in this article. So second year. Uh, in his second year, Travis Green came in as coach. Him and Louis Erickson were never a match made in heaven. And then in brackets, rather a warmer place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, I don't. I think Louis is uh, is happy to be out of here. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Thank you, Parker. I have not read it. What is it with uh, our players or ex-players appearing in Swedish? reports by the way isn't that how that pd firestorm started like yeah it was a different one and what's what's interesting about this one is i'm looking at this website that posted this article and they have a little thing in the top right corner about their social media presence okay and they have 1100 twitter followers this publication okay and 2300 facebook fans so your twitter is multiple times bigger than oh. this this news organization that louis erickson's doing interviews with which means we can probably get Louis Erickson on the show. Well, let's work on that. What a way to start season two. <laughs> and just get some some hot clips. We'll see what we can do. Uh, we'll see if we can get Louis Erickson on uh, on September 13th. So make sure yeah, you, you stay exactly. tuned for that. I just hope he doesn't charge us an appearance fee. But here's the thing, Parker. Yes, we all know he was signed on that day on July 1, 2016 or whatever, where everyone that was making a lot of money, we know the, that list of players, a lot of them aren't even playing or as well. They, they, they're basically as good as Louis Erickson. But one thing, I, one quote I saw was um, that he he tried to kind of just work, bear with it, work hard, have a good attitude. But it, uh, I was telling you before, I've heard multiple people connected with the team that said, Louis didn't have a good attitude. I'm not trying to start anything or whatever. I this is just what I've what I've heard that he wasn't the happiest guy. Now maybe it's you know uh, what do you call it uh, chicken and egg. Maybe he's not happy because he wasn't playing. So I I get that, but he is kind of pocketing six million dollars a year. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and there to to be fair to him, his quote in this article was yeah. uh, quote I never wanted to give up. They knew that the only thing I could do was be at the ice rink, show a good mood, drive and train every day. It was as it was. 
Uh, I have wanted to get away from this for a long time. There was nothing to complain about, but since my contract was so big, it was difficult. <laughs> but of course, it would have been fun if it had happened a few years ago, uh, Louis says. So, so, so <laughs> show a good mood. Parker, you and I show a good mood every Wednesday night and soon to be Monday night. To me, that's a good mood. We're happy. We're jovial. Yeah. We, lo- we like each other and we do whatever we can to support each other, which is, which is legitimate and genuine and awesome. I'm not saying that he didn't do stuff to support his teammates, but I've just heard that his attitude wasn't great. And so if that's his idea of good mood, then imagine what a, like a static mood would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're here. We're in a, on a great mood in the heart of the off season on September 1st, uh, where our marquee topic is a, an interview Louis Erickson did, who doesn't even play for the team anymore with a Swedish uh, publication that doesn't seem to be very um, trustworthy anyways. Uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's, I think that's all we really need to talk about on the Louis Erickson side. Before you take that banner down, Parker, what, uh, it it doesn't have to be sum it up in one word, but what would you say the legacy truly of Louis Erickson was, if any disappointment, but like, what what would you call it? It was just sad. Yeah. (laughs) Like all around, uh, the, the buildup of hype and not everyone loved the contract the day it was signed but lots of people thought you know what for a few years this is a guy who's gonna go out and probably score around 30 goals for a couple of years meanwhile he doesn't do that over five years um it it really just it was broken from the start and there was no going back right i mean yeah you've committed for six years on this guy uh there's no you, you can't just get rid of that contract until you know there's one year left and you're using it to trade for Another contract yeah. that that might be iffy in in all of our Larson. <laughs> but Parker, I think as we leave this topic, we're on to something. Everyone in the chat, we see meme, we see albatross. Everyone, give a word, Louis in a word. That is our that is our yes. segment for the next two minutes. Yes. Louis in a word. And what is your one word to describe Louis oh, Erickson's stint so you, in Vancouver? I said I don't want to use disappointment. You took sad, which is a good one. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take. Uh, it doesn't mean he filled it. I'd say potential. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfulfilled potential. Uh, absolutely. Well, I, there's some great ones there. Just put them up. They're so good, uh, actually. <laughs> we had uh, Disaster from Steel Dog. Uh, Coach Rob agrees with me on Sad. Yeah. Uh, Gomer says Stud. Shout out to Gomer, watching from Thailand, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Lucas says Overrated. Yeah. Uh, see, it's kind of cheating the system. Yeah, a little here bit. A little with bit. A little bit. Empty Net Genius, <laughs> all one word. Uh, like it, like meme, it. Meme, upsetting, melancholy, depressing. And I've, of course, the last one is Legend coming from Cyrus and uh, there, there will be a legend of Louis Erickson and that will always be part of the history books of, uh, of the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think we've spent our, what, you know what? We almost spent six minutes on this one, nice. one minute for every million dollar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And uh, if we really want to fulfill the Louis Erickson um, sort of legacy, we should continue talking about it for the next 30 minutes to make it a full 36 and just waste everyone's time. Sad. <laughs> Your word, sad. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> where do we want to go next? Do we want to get off of the get off of the Canucks here and, and start marching sure. around? Let's go with the big one. And you set this up. I think you're ready to do this. Uh, you, it's our lead on our title. 
Is it our lead offer sheets? Yes, that you is got the lead. <laughs> I just wouldn't want to pick the wrong one. Uh, <laughs> so this one is fun. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes uh, going out, and I'm going to make it red for Carolina. There you um, go. Carolina Hurricanes going out and putting an offer sheet together for Yasperi Kotkaniemi, uh, who has been, I mean, under-seasoned, I would say. You know, like he hasn't played a lot, but... His entry-level contract has come to an end in Montreal. He was a very high pick, much higher than most people expected. Um, and Carolina, as a retaliation for the Sebastian Ajo contract, and there's no doubt it was retaliation based on all the things we'll get into shortly, uh, <laughs> have given him an offer sheet for $6.1 million. It's a one-year offer sheet, so the, the contract risk isn't that big for Carolina. But they would have to give up a a first and a third round pick, uh, in the ne in next year's draft to make that happen. Um, to sort of break down Kakinemi for you, uh, he's 21 years old. Uh, he was the third overall pick back in 2018. Uh, in his career, he has played 171 games. Hmm. Uh, he has 62 points, so about a 30 point player throughout his career so far not worth $6.1 million, but if it's just for one year to get the rights to this player, although his qualifying offer will be high, uh, that's sort of the, the Kane's MO here. Okay, and I'll let you get into the trolling pieces in a second, but we'll talk about uh, the player itself, um, himself. You know how I first heard of him? Do you remember when he got tied up with Pedersen at center yeah. ice in, in um, I guess, both of their rookie years, right? No, was that Pedersen's rookie year? I can't uh, remember. Maybe. It yeah. might have been. Yeah, it was. So thankfully, Pedersen didn't miss much time, maybe only a couple games, but that was scary. And then Ashley Pedersen did say afterwards that it was just two guys battling for the puck. It wasn't like uh, it was a dirty play, unlike the Mike Matheson hit, uh, the other injury that put out, uh, you know, for Pedersen that year. But that's how I remember. I can't even say his name, so I'll just say KK. You you pronounce it well. Every time I do it, it sounds like I'm saying a, a body part. So we, I'll, I'll just stop there. So yes, uh, um, a decent player, but 6.1. I don't know, man. I, I know we're going to go there. I wouldn't pay him that. I would just take the draft picks and run, honestly. Yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough scenario for Montreal, right? Because he was, you know, he was their, their third overall pick just, just a few years ago uh, yeah. and meant to be, you know, a number one center, ideally, for this team. And But it's a paying $6.1 million for Kotkaniemi uh, is risky. It's kind of a lose-lose uh, for Montreal, yeah. right? Where you're either losing a player who you have lots of hope for in the future for a late first and third, right? Or a mid to late first and third round pick unprotected. So if Carolina really falls apart, then that's nice, mm -hmm. but probably not. Uh, so Kakanami probably has more value than what Carolina would have to give up, but he's also not worth the $6.1 million. So Carolina is basically turning Yasperi Kotkaniemi into a negative value contract, which wow. could help them pull him from Montreal. And if not, Montreal has to sign him and they're kind of hurt regardless because uh, of that qualifying offer that they're going to have to pay into the future, not just for this year. A great, yeah, that's a great point, Parker. Any, yeah, because of the restricted free agent rules, whoever, whether it's Carolina or Montreal, whoever has him this season they have to start at 6.1. So you're in essence setting his contract, not just for this upcoming season, but for uh, at least one more future season. If you're Montreal, are, are you okay? Are you okay walking away from it? Simply saying, and hoping the fan base understands, hey, you know, we like this player. He has potential, but 
right now I, we can't justify 6.1 for him yeah i think that's might be the correct move but yeah. it also you know it's kind of letting carolina win right like like this was orchestrated not by the general manager of of the <laughs> carolina hurricanes not by um uh by uh waddell uh don waddell the gm it was orchestrated by tom dundon the owner of the hurricanes because he was mad about the offer sheet that montreal gave so some backstory the offer sheet Montreal gave Sebastian Ajo wasn't egregious. Weak. Weak. Like, like money-wise, like it's a yeah. good contract for Carolina. Yeah. The issue was how front-loaded the money was, right? Uh, Tom Dunnan was like a new owner. He had just bought the Carolina Hurricanes recently before that. Uh, and he didn't want to... I think in the three years or whatever it's been, or two or three years since that offer sheet, I think they've already had to pay out like $28 million in cash to Ajo. Because uh, of how front-loaded that deal was. So he's upset about this. So now he's trying to retaliate. Uh, and, you know, there, there's some fun things. Basically, uh, Don Waddell, the GM, uh, put out a, a quote that was word for word what Mark Bergevin had said about Sebastian Ajo. Uh, <laughs> the, the signing bonus for the one-year contract was $20. Yep. Literally $20 uh, because that's Sebastian Ajo's number. Uh, so it's just a big old troll fest uh, that I think everyone kind of loses, except Yasperi Kotkaniemi, because Kotkaniemi is making $6 million <laughs> next year and he has not earned it. So good for him. Yeah, and not only not only the you you mentioned the the using the exact same wording in the tweet, and then Carolina actually did a tweet in French, which was pretty funny. Yeah, and then they yeah, changed their the, bio to French too yes. on Twitter. <laughs> And the matching $20 signing bonus for Ajo's number, I believe the actual offer was $6.100015, $15. And those $15 at the end also match Kat Kanye. See, I can't even say his name, KK's jersey <laughs> number. So, so to have that 15 in there, the 20, the French tweet, the French bio, and of course the word for word matching tweet from two years ago. Funny stuff, man. Funny it stuff. is funny, and, and look, it's a we're it's the we're in the entertainment industry, right? The mm -hmm. NHL it, it's designed to entertain, and even if you know a move was just made that makes both Montreal and Carolina worse, probably. Well, Carolina, if if Montreal matches, Carolina doesn't get hurt at all. Yeah, um, and it's just a, they just had a good laugh, uh, but it's good for everyone else, uh, and we can kind of uh, enjoy that uh, in this <laughs> off season. Now. Uh, okay, so if we both agree that Montreal would be justified in walking away from this, um, what other is there any other angle? I guess does Carol so Carolina obviously wants this player to some extent. Yeah, you'd think so, right? And it's uh, they must be thinking that Kakinami has some untapped potential uh, and that he will evolve into this um you know actual real number one number two uh center um but yeah it, it's if it's a one-year gamble and they're saying mm -hmm. okay we're gonna give up a first and a third we're gonna overpay him for one year and he's either going to overachieve put up 50 55 points and then we can sign him for that 6.1 million dollar qualifying offer that it's going to have to be right. uh, or we cut our losses and we lost our, our late first and a third. We're kind of trying to compete anymore, or we're kind of trying to compete already anyways. Um, so you might as well go for it. 
So I, Parker, as as you're talking about that, I looked up his actual offer. Yes, it's six point one zero 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 three five. The twenty dollars you talked about matching and the Aho, Kodiemi, Yes, 15. and the fifteen. Get so he is the third. He'll be the third highest player on the Hurricanes forwards behind, of course, Aho and Svechnikov, and just ahead of Jordan Stahl. So, yeah, that's that's quite a haul for a twenty one year old who, you as you said, is not bad, but he's not proven yet like as a proven no. yeah wow it's a lot of money it is a a lot of money and you know if if the canucks had done this we wouldn't be very excited <laughs> right <laughs> and if it had happened to the canucks and the other so the other angle uh that people sort of came at this from was yeah well what if montreal says uh screw it you can have cockney carolina and then they go out and use this money that they were going to use to try to sign him and say, all right, let's go offer sheet Elias Pettersson. Now, this was kind of floating around. And most people are saying, that's not going to happen. It just isn't, right? Like, I, it's just not going to happen. I hope not. I, I, don't, I, I don't think so. And we know that Jim Benning flat out right at the start of the offseason said, we are going to match any offer sheet for PD. Now, of course he believes that is that meant to scare guys off? Who knows? Does it actually scare guys off? Who knows? But uh, I have a feeling at this point, well, I, I was going to say at this point, it seems kind of late, but this only happened three days ago. So I guess it's not that late. If, if he's not signed, he's not signed, mm-hmm. but I, I, but I don't worry about it. You know, I know we've talked about this too. Besser Horvat, they were always signed close to training camp time. Although I will say that, this training camp's a little bit later this year because the, the start of the season's a bit later by a week or two. So technically, in relative terms, they might not sign until September 20, 21, 22, right? Which is later in the yeah. year. But relative to training camp, it's before training camp starting still. So we could be in for another three weeks of this, Parker. Yeah, the, and there's there's really no hurry, right? No. You want them to be there for day one of camp, but if they're yeah. not, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's probably fine. We'll survive. Yep. All right, ready to move on? Sure. All right, uh, let's go to Beijing, China uh, to talk about the Olympics. We're going uh, to Beijing. We are. Well, we're not. I don't think, oh. uh, I mean, unless both of our channels start doing really, <laughs> really well and we want to go cover the Olympics. Um, but it looks like uh, the NHL will be going uh, to the Olympics, which is lovely lovely news and it's not confirmed basically we were told uh the nhl will make a decision this week and then uh emily kaplan from espn uh alan walsh who is a uh, very famous player agent mm-hmm. um and someone else all basically came out and said yeah it's happening like all of our sources are saying it's it's going to the nhl is going to go to the olympics um, which is, it's exciting. We get real best on best hockey for the first time since 2016. And even that was kind of iffy, uh, being the world cup. Was that that weird one where they're the young guns team? Yes. Or team North, team North America. America. Yeah. Which was pretty exciting to watch. Actually. It was, <laughs> it was fun. Yes. But you're right. Uh, Sochi 2014 was, no, where was 2014? Where's 2018? 2014 was Sochi. Uh, where they played right. And 2018 yep. was. South Korea, I think. Where they didn't play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. Okay. Um, no, I love best on best. It, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of fun. It's a chance to, to support Canada, of course, and uh, props to your video. I, I don't know if we want to talk about that in a second, but props to your video about projecting the roster, but it's also cheering on even the, though not against Canada, 
our Canucks players that might play for other teams, i.e. Demko Hughes and Bem, uh, Besser Miller, all having a chance to make the U.S. team. PD and Ekman Larson likely on the Swedish team, maybe a Hoglander outside chance, but Cole's on a Russia. So whatever it may be, um, it's a cool chance to see some of our Canucks players um, on, on playing with other players as long as they don't. Actually, here's a question for you. No, I, I think I know the answer. If it was Team Canada with no Canucks players, right? Not even Horvat versus Team USA with four USA players. Team Canada still, right? I hope the U.S. gets shut out. <laughs> Perfect. Great answer. I, I, I yeah. I have no. Yeah. I am. I'd have no. No. I don't care. It's it's all Canada. Once once February rolls around, right? Um, yeah. A couple of things that I want I wanted to talk about here. Uh, sure. One of them is uh, who we think from the Canucks will be in like playing games in the Olympics. Uh, yep. So so let's start there. I mean, there's one lock, right? And yeah. that's that's Elias Patterson. Uh, yeah. He will be playing for Team Sweden. Yeah. Um, what's your next prediction? My next prediction, I, I'd love to talk about the U.S. team. Um, mm-hmm. I think Hughes will make it as long as he doesn't fall off a cliff. Um, I think Hughes will make it. I've seen him projected second, third pairing. And it, the the I think Demko is interesting because I've seen him on many rosters. I've seen him off of many rosters as battling as that third goalie, right? Uh, and then the two forwards, Besser and Miller... I think a Besser has a, a season like he just did. He'll he'll be on the team. I think Miller should be, but I've seen him left off of a couple. So U.S. could have up to four Canucks players. Yeah, and I I, I could see Demko sliding in as maybe the third goalie. Yep. Uh, I think Hellebuck is going to have it. Right, it's it's his team. Yes, uh, and yes. It's, like he's so good. Uh, John Gibson also a really good option. Uh, people forget about him because he's in Anaheim, but he's yeah. the reason Anaheim wins any games. Uh, so I could see, you know, Thatcher Demko sort of behind him there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, like you said, I think Hughes has a good chance. I think mm-hmm. Besser is a really good chance, especially yep. we got that glimpse of healthy Brock Besser uh, <laughs> last year. And it, it's like, all right, this is a 30 to 40 goal scorer. Like it just yes. is. Uh, and if he gets anywhere close to that, then he will have a prominent role on that team. Uh, JT Miller, I'm a little less confident in uh, just because, you know, he he is getting a little older every year and and you know eventually that that curve is going to start going the other way um so again it's one of those things where if they have a really good uh really really good first 40 games of the season then then yeah you're probably uh, you're probably going to make it yep and as no so i agree so there's four potential canucks uh tom mentioned uh, about 10 comments up that oel was at the pre-olympic camp for sweden so yes i think i think ekman larson you know, maybe a third pairing guy, extra defenseman. He's certainly not going to uh, displace mm-hmm. the headwinds of the world in, in Sweden, yeah. but he's still got a game. So I think Ekman Larsson will likely make that Swedish team. So that's at least him and Pedersen. Um, who else? Uh, well, do we do we want to put Bo Horvat on the team? <laughs> Talk to us. What's your so, theory? This is the this is a tricky one, and it. I don't. I don't. I. I've. I ha- in my video, I had him as my 14th forward, which would be the last forward to make the team. Yeah. And it was for uh, basically one reason. And that was if the people picking Team Canada are picking guys who are going to be the 13th and 14th forward, yeah. they're going to pick the veteran leadership type player. I figured it was more likely instead of like the young gun uh, who might, you know, who might 
put up 60 points a season, 70 points a season, but le less leadership qualities. And they might want to have someone who they can just sort of slot into any role if someone gets hurt. So that's why I leaned sort of Tavares and Horvat as my 13th, 14th. But there's mm -hmm. a lot of guys who could take those spots, right? Um, I think Matt Barzal will probably yeah. make the team, uh, and he could push one of them out. Uh, Yanni Gourd's a decent option. Mm -hmm. um, there's quite a few guys that that can move Horvat up. Horvat would have to have a really good season. And the reason that I, I give him a shot is Connor Garland. Because if he can go out and play with Connor Garland and excel, and let's say he has you know, 30 points through the first 40 games of the season which is a bit of a reach, but it could happen, then that's when he would start, you know, actually having a shot at making the team. Yes. And I, I watched your video and I know you have Crosby between the two Bruins, right? And then you have your speed line, as you said, of crazy McDavid, McKinnon, and a, just a, a guy named Mitch Marner on their wing. Yeah. Track. The three M's. <laughs> yeah. That's the fact that that could be a team's second line, right? We saw we saw Crosby playing with Bergeron and Marchand uh, in 2016, and they were so dominant. And yeah. like I said in my video, Marchand since then, his last three seasons, he's all been on a 100-plus point pace, right? Wow. So he's gotten better as he's gotten older. Um, Sidney Crosby's still Sidney Crosby. You know, he's maybe not as quick as he was before, but he's still the same player. Uh, mm -hmm. And Patrice Bergeron's one of the best two-way players in the game. Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, you, that leaves your second line as you have some options. You can bump Nathan McKinnon to your third line, <laughs> which is, again, just silly. And then move like a Huberdeau up to play with like a McDavid and Marner. Uh, and it's, yeah, the it's just a bounty of riches on this uh, on this Canadian team. Yeah, and then you're you have Braden Point as your fourth center then behind. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous behind Crosby, McKinnon, and uh, and and McDavid. Um, yeah, you're right. And then you're right. Horvat would be fighting guys like Barzell, like Couturier, like Tavares. Exactly what you said. And I like uh, Edmund. Um, you, Edmund just uh, three up. Uh, why don't you answer this? Because you did the video on it. Who would, do you think is Team Canada's starting goalie? This one is tricky. Um, so there, I think the two main contenders are Carey Price and Marc-Andre Fleury, which is a little scary because they're both excellent goalies that are getting old, right? Yes. Carey, Carey Price is going to be 34. Marc-Andre Fleury is going to be 37 by the time the Olympics roll around. But Marc-Andre Fleury just won a Vesna. Carey Price just carried his team through three rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So <laughs> I think... Carey Price is probably first choice from like looking at sort of the management group and who is there, you know, sort of like you think of a hockey GM, right? Like old fashioned kind of guy. Uh, and I think care, I think Carey Price fits that bill really well. Uh, and Carey Price in important games is one of the best goalies we've seen in a long time. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is also fantastic. So I think what'll happen I think Price will be the assumed starter, unless Flurry is absolutely nuts with Chicago next season. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then, but in the group play, you know, in the games against, you know, Germany, uh, in the game against China. Yeah, China. <laughs> we'll Poor China. Who, <laughs> we'll see who, who gets the net. And uh, <laughs> and then the third goalie is the trickier one, right? Because I think Price and Flurry are going to be your one, two, and whichever one's hot is who they'll play. Uh, your third goalie, you sort of are between guys like Darcy Kemper, uh, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Bennington, Mackenzie Blackwood, but Blackwood had a bad year last year. So he kind of fell off of that list. Um, yes. so it's basically, you know, Kemper Bennington, one little, um, wrench in that is the GM is Doug Armstrong GM of the St. Louis blues. Uh, so Bennington might have a bit of an edge there, even though I like Kemper more, but Kemper playing for Arizona hasn't played in any meaningful games really. 
Uh, yeah. So they might want to go with a guy like Bennington. Yeah, Bennington, man. I, maybe it's because I like watching highlights of the Canucks destroying St. Louis in the bubble from last summer. He was so bad. Don't you think? Like, don't you remember? He was yeah. letting it all choice Stitcher score from like the, the, yeah. the sideboards. <laughs> well, lots of people are mentioning Carter Hart too. And yeah. Carter, Hart was, Carter Hart was abysmal last year. Uh, yeah. He went from being, you know, a super highly touted prospect to yeah. coming in in his first year and being really good, right? He put up a 9.17 as a rookie season, a 9.14 the year after. Last year, he couldn't make a save. He was, he was an 8.77 save percentage, oh. and he and he really hurt Philadelphia uh, last year to the point yeah. where he he wasn't the starter by the end of the season, right? He only played 27 of the 56 games. Um, Interesting. So that leads me to think that he's not going to be on the short list unless he really has an outstanding resurgence uh, to the start of next season. So that's why I have Carter Hart sort of off to the off to the side right now. Right. And you named Kemper, right, as your third, if you had to pick one? Yeah. yeah. I, no, I'd agree with that. You know, he's funny. He's kind of like uh, kind of the forgotten man almost because we've always had guys like Price and, and Flurry who kind of get more spotlight. So I'm fine with him as a third. I, I'm not sure I'm fine with him as a starter, but as a, as a third right. goalie, sure. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, yeah, the other team I want, or the other thing I want to talk about in uh, in regards to this is that the the seeding has been done, as we sort of alluded to. Mm. Um, so the the grouping, uh, I can pull it up. Uh, Olympic hockey groups, um, yep. Group A is uh, is hilarious. So you have Canada, yes. You have the United States of America. So already that's going to be a fun game. Uh, oh yeah, when they'll play in the round robin. You have Germany, and this is unfortunate for Germany because I think Germany, if Germany was in like Group B, they'd probably have a real shot because Germany has a good team, right? I think they're ranked like number five uh, in the world. Oh, Uh, wow. Yeah, and they have guys like, you know, Dreisaitl is, you know, their star. Cahoon, yes. Yes, And, and then China. So China gets a free ride into this tournament because they are the host. Uh, But in this 12 team Olympic tournament, um, and there's rumors that China won't be able to even field the team. Um, the, re, re, keep in mind, you would think, okay, Canada will go out, they'll score eight goals, and then they'll call it, right? <laughs> like yeah. They just won't try anymore. But in this group seating, goal differential is the tiebreaker. Oh. <laughs> so oh. you're going to have, let's say the U.S. plays against China to start the tournament, and they <laughs> go out and they put up 50 goals. <laughs> Now that sounds ridiculous, but I, I think I'm being conservative. Yeah. And then now Canada has to go out two days later and be like, all right, boys, we need at least 51, (laughs) right? Like, because we're talking about putting the best players in the world in, in like guys like team Canada, where you could make like 13 team Canada's out of NHL players. Uh, and you're putting them against these Chinese players who are probably like, I don't, I don't know what level you could compare them to. Right. Would they be like major junior caliber, like WHL? I don't think so. We don't even typically see Chinese players in major junior. Um, So if if it's, (laughs) could you imagine putting out guys like Bergeron, Crosby and Marchand against uh, a junior A team? I, and uh, then I, and then putting out McDavid, McKinnon, and Marner against the second line of that team, right? Like it's just a recipe for absolute disaster. 
Okay, I'm I'm half Chinese. Okay, so emo. My last name is Japanese. Uh, my mother is uh, Chinese, so I'm half Chinese, and I've seen this song and dance before, Parker, when Japan hosted the Olympics back in 1998. And uh, my cousin Dusty, who I'm still not afraid to name, thank you, <laughs> my cousin Dusty was the goaltender for for Japan. And you know, here's the thing: this was Japan's group, not very strong. Germany, Belarus, France, and Japan, but Japan went 0 for three. Um, but the goal differential was only minus five. And I like to think it's because, you know, my cousin Dusty helped with that. But still, yeah, they didn't win a game. They were the host country. So we might have similar vibes here. But I think China's going to fare a lot worse because Japan's level of competition wasn't as tough as as China's going to be. So I agree with everything you said. Maybe it won't be as bad as 50, but it's going to be pretty bad. And you don't want to ever, you know, be classless and, and, and run up the score like the U.S. women's soccer team likes to do against lesser <laughs> foes. But uh but if goal differential is the tiebreaker and you want that easier matchup, yeah, man, you want to win your uh, your group. Yeah, you want to win the gold, right? If you have to hurt some people's feelings along the way, I mean, you know, it's fine. Um, Can you put up Coach Rob's? Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I, I, I'd cover a lot of the net. I'll just say that. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you audio listeners, uh, Coach Rob oh, said, yes. uh, was suggesting that Clay could play for the team, uh, yeah. but yeah, that might not uh, might not work. <laughs> um, speaking of you know potentially winning gold, uh, yeah. we had some gold medals handed out last night uh, in the uh, IIHF uh, World Championships, the Women's World Championships, uh, with an absolute just electric game. And I don't know what it is about Canada versus the U S that yeah. just always breeds phenomenal hockey. Uh, but the women's side is no exception. Uh, a three, two overtime win. Uh, Marie fleet Poulin, one of the best women's hockey players of all time, uh, with an absolutely beautiful shot, straight bar down, literally hits the bar, goes straight down plus like two inches <laughs> and and just falls in and then skips out she's the only one that saw it it was phenomenal and then 30 so yes they she knows it went in her teammates are trusting her right as she flies by but then realize the but place like, don't i don't know <laughs> like do we want to just all leave and then the states go down and score and then it's mayhem so, Right. And so it's 30 seconds elapsed. And just as the announcers are saying, maybe Team Canada wants a whistle so they can review it. They actually are reviewing it in real time. And boom, the buzzer goes in the middle of the play. And of course, Euphoria rightfully erupts. Yes, that was an amazing moment. And you know what's so funny, Parker? Uh, I looked, I was working last night. So then I looked it up online. And I guess Canada beat the US 3 2 in overtime back in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Because the first video I pulled up, I was so confused because <laughs> U.S. is winning two nothing with three minutes left, and then I, yeah. I watched this amazing highlights of Canada scoring twice <laughs> in the final three, and then Poulin scoring in 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 overtime, eight years ago, seven years ago. So, That's what crazy. a legend! What a legend! That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, excellent, uh, excellent goal. And you know, it, there was a lot of people arguing because of it. Like, hey, uh, three on three overtime is awesome. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do more of that, please. And. Uh, one of the worst things uh, in international hockey has been uh, shootouts and big games being decided by by shootouts. And this has happened in like, you know, world juniors in the past uh, and, and world championships. And it's so it's such a sad way for things to end. Right. Uh, and I mean, we saw it, you know, back in 
the Olympics where that, that one where TJ Oshie had like nine straight rounds in, in the shootout. And though you get those electric moments sometimes, but it's not the same as having, you know, like a real goal be scored, whether that's three on three or four on four or five on five. Um, and I'm, that's one thing that's always disappointed me about watching hockey, at least in the last, how, whatever they got rid of ties, like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the, the shootout is just a sad way to lose uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> sad way to lose and then you still get your one point right for not winning and yeah yeah it's it's mucked up the standings for the past 15 seasons as you as you've talked about but you know the shootout's interesting because you bring a little kid to a game or i'll bring not maybe not one of my kids they're older but you bring someone who's never been no game they think it's the best thing ever right everyone Mm -hmm. in the lower bowl standing and everyone's although i'm i'm watching it from the upper bowl my cheap seats and it's pretty cool but yes you're right. Hockey purists like you and I, yes. I think we'd prefer something else, you know but then we can't run any of the guys ragged every for a regular season game, right? You know what's cooler to the kids, though? What's that? Just electric back and forth three-on-three hockey. Yeah. Uh, especially if... <laughs> I don't know if it needs like a shot clock or something because... <laughs> Uh, teams have gotten really lazy and very, yeah, they, very, they've figured out that possession is way more important than, yeah. uh, than anything else. That's why you do. I, I saw the one suggest like a while back and it was like, you do four minutes of four on four, three minutes of three on three, two minutes of two on two, <laughs> and then just one on one for the rest. <laughs> that would be, uh, interesting to say the least. That would be amazing. One on one. And yeah. then if, what, if they don't score, you just goalie against goalie? <laughs> sure. Why not? Yeah. That'd be fun. They're just okay, passing then. it back and forth <laughs> down the ice. Yeah. You know, that's, that's fascinating because um, I'm not a finely tuned athlete, as I mentioned off the top of this show. So I'd be interested to know, yeah, 4-4, four, 3-3, four, three three, you'd think the games would end within seven minutes, hopefully, and at the most mm. nine minutes once you get to two on two. On two. <laughs> But how, you know, wear and tear, all that kind of thing. Maybe the PA will never go for it, but I think that would be hilarious. I really would. Yeah. And the the whole three on three thing, uh, people have talked about, you know, extend it to 10 minutes or something like that. And then just call it a tie after, right? Like, yeah. One, it would save time because shootouts are pretty slow. They got to do a scrape of the ice and and all that stuff. And, you know, you could do 10 minutes, three on three, but also, you know, yeah, like the whole wear and tear thing, but you only have three guys on the ice at a time, yeah. right? So it is less playing time uh, than during the regular game. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, it is usually more action packed, although lately, not really. It, it's been probably easier than the five on five game, just being, you know, possession and, and, and retaining possession, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it would be, I would love it if they went to like a 10 minute three on three and then, yeah, give us a tie after that. If, it, if it's genuinely an earned tie where no one is able to score, then can right call it both teams get a point and move on right and you're not allowed to go back and take the puck behind your net yeah or do like uh like <laughs> basketball right do like an over and back rule all right like you yeah. cross you cross the red line okay yeah the red line is your limit now as long as you have the puck Ooh. you can't go behind the red line or something like that i like that okay i think we're on to something i think yes. we're on to something we should run the nhl we should we, we make good videos too hey we actually plowed past uh don't do that yeah, like, we past it. we really milked these topics a lot better than I thought we would. I thought we both were like, all right, we're good for 20 <laughs> minutes. Uh, but we we tend we do like to talk. So yeah. we, we we take our time. Uh, so this is a good time. Uh, if you yeah. guys want to submit some don't do that's um, and right after you submit a don't do that submit a question 
or yes. a comment or a topic idea. We got about 15 minutes left in the show. So uh, this is your time. There are 70 of you in here. So thank you guys for, for joining us tonight. Um, and this is your chance to get your questions uh, asked and answered um, by the both of us here. And I will switch this to, to this. Awesome. And I'll even change the color. We're going to make it purple. I like I like how you had the the emojis in the other one too the Olympic uh, yeah the I can do that more <laughs> I should do that more um, all right do we have uh, anything here yet uh, thinking oh, of yeah. missing Clay's first ever twenty four hour live stream don't do that for some backstory Clay yeah. announced that he is going to be doing a twenty four hour live stream on October fifteenth uh, and sixteenth which the Canucks play back-to-back games. Why don't you tell the people a little bit more? Well, this is it's just a way for me to kick off the season, something different. I won't be able to do as many uh, live streams throughout the year, so I figured get all my time in on one weekend. No big work things. So the plan is, honestly, I, wanna, I want people to watch your post-game live stream, which you are doing right after the game. Then I'm going to start mine. Then I want you to come on at regular Canucks after dark time as one of my guests. And then I'm going to figure out what the heck to happen. I'm going to do between basically midnight and five, uh, building some bathroom breaks, uh, bring in a couple media people, have a contest or two, bring Marie in for a jam session and then watch the Saturday game. And then we're done. So if, it's just something different. Hey, if you need a night shift partner, uh, I'll be around. I can even, Whoa. I can even come over. We'll uh, <laughs> do something for live. <laughs> I, I, it's a, we're talking about a Friday night and a Saturday morning. So I will That's be, uh, I'll be available if, uh, if you need someone to fill some time. Thank you. My people will talk to your people. So <laughs> it'll be me talking to your people. Yes, it'll be great. Okay. Which is me still. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anything you want to pick out of here? Yeah. Uh, see edits underestimating team Canada. Don't ever do that. So I, I, I'm not sure if did, did someone underestimate them or she's just warning everyone not to. I think to she's under- warning. I okay. think it's a, a general uh, term. So to the uh, to our 9% of US listeners, uh, I'm sorry. To our 4% of Swedish listeners, uh, I am sorry. Uh, <laughs> I will say our Australian listeners probably aren't too concerned about the, uh, the Olympic <laughs> hockey. Uh, same with our, our Japanese, uh, viewer base. So you guys yeah. are fine. We'll stay out of the political ones, anything about vaccines or voting, but you guys can certainly yeah. talk about it. That's fine. That's, that's yeah. cool. There's <laughs> uh, there's no need for, we're here to talk about hockey. <laughs> um, all right. What else do we have? I, I saw, and by the way, we, we were saying, go ahead and talk about it in the chat, but we might not bring it up in the yeah. You guys are t- chat about everything. We we like it. We love the we love the interaction. Don't you? Do, I saw a couple at the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to touch vaccines. Uh, don't want to touch vaccines. Well, a lot, of, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of people talk about vaccines. It was in the news today. Uh, <laughs> that is for sure. But uh, Chris uh, Seifert, uh, write uh, a few up. A uh, friend of the show says, "Don't do that." Six point one matching. By the have so Chris would agree with you and I that uh, better to take the two draft picks. And I would say, um, basing a contract offer entirely around getting revenge on a team that slighted you, uh, yep. maybe don't do that because you kind of put yourselves in potentially a not great scenario having to give up a first and third round pick to have the luxury of paying a 30 point player, maybe a 35 point player, $6.1 million next year. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So We'll see. We'll see. 
And um, and someone said, uh, put me on the stream and someone said, don't torture yourself. So I appreciate the love. All right. You want to pick some questions uh, out and we'll take this home for the last 12 minutes or so? Sure. Minutes. Let's uh, let's do it here. Uh, I like Noah's. I like Noah's just three up. Go for it. Do you want to start? You want to start? Okay. Who do you see being the best team this upcoming season in the league? Noah is going to say Colorado or Florida. Interesting. Yeah. So Colorado is a safe bet um, yeah. as being a contender, at least. Um, the easy pick is Tampa Bay because, yeah. I mean, they've consistently been the best team in the league for about three years now, even though they're their one playoff gaffe. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say Tampa Bay because I like to be right. Um, <laughs> but Colorado is a good pick. Um I don't know. Is there any other teams in the NHL? I think that's it, right? Oh, uh, truly. Yeah, truly. Those are going to be my two picks. It doesn't make for the best uh, discussion. But, and Tampa, really, I think they've only lost Tyler Johnson and Blake Coleman, right? I think those are the only two. Oh, I yeah. guess Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Slight, slight hits, but I, they, they're so good to the point where it's not going to be a, a huge game changer, I don't think. Which reminds um, me, when we were talking about two on two overtime, um, if you had to pick your best, like two skaters to come across, who are you taking between Kucherov, Stamkos, and Point? I was th- I was actually kind of thinking about that. I, have, I don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, I think I go Kucherov and Point. Yeah, oh. I, I I'd probably go the same. Yeah, still. Yeah, and I mean, uh, Vegas could be up there for yep. the top teams in the league too, right? I mean, they they had a crazy like they won forty of their fifty six games last year. Right, they only yeah. lost sixteen games. That's absurd. What? Yeah. <laughs> some people are warning that people might be overrating Vegas, I, but I think some of those people it's are just hard to to yeah. overrate them. Right? They they've been consistently a top, basically a top five team since they've joined the league. Yeah. Um, and like, even if they were to take a slight step back, oh, what they're gonna get only one hundred and five points next season? Like, they're gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, they will be fine, especially in our division. Actually, I like Edmonds from about eight up, which is kind of like the opposite. Which team do you think will regress big time um, from Edmund? Yeah, that's a good question. That which is a good team? question. Um, I would go. Mm. Oh, I, I had one and then I forgot it. Um, I would go with. Wow, I have nothing. I, I, I have I'm one. completely blanking. It might. It, we've talked about this team quite a bit today. It might be Carolina. Actually, because they yep. lost, they lost Dougie Hamilton. They, I can't say the goaltender's name because you're the pronunciation guy, N- Nick Nick Nickeldov. You know uh, Nadelka, the guy I'm talking about, N- Nadel- yeah. Nadelkovich. <laughs> Nickelodeon, right? <laughs> yeah. These guys are wanting Clay speaks for as part of his job. I, I don't think he does a good job. <laughs> yes. So they lost their good goalie. They lost Dougie Hamilton. Um, Warren Fogle went to Edmonton, and they lost one other forward. I can't remember, but I don't know that those three relatively important. Like I know every team went through some changes, but mm-hmm. maybe they get KK. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll that'll bring them right back to contention. <laughs> so that's one team that I have my eye on, and that's why I also think Montreal. If they don't match that first round draft pick, may not be as high as it used to be for Carolina. It might be a mid round mid round pick, or I mean, sorry, mid teens pick. So it might mm-hmm. be decent. Yeah. You know? Um. Quick question from Agnes: yeah. Nachos or popcorn? For me, popcorn. You? I'm going nachos. Good. All right. That was fun. Uh, No arguing here. Uh, (laughs) C-Edits, who are your favorite picks for this upcoming season for the Calder Trophy and the Vesna Trophy? Why don't we start with Vesna? Because it's probably a little bit easier. You don't have to think of any new names. Okay. 
Okay. Um, who won it this year? Uh, Flurry, right? Flurry won it this year. Yep. Yeah. I still think, um, you know, this is such a boring pick, but I'll, I'll go Vasilevsky. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. that <laughs> I know. A, yeah. That's a very boring pick. You're right. Very predictable. Uh, that was my first instinct, too. Um, I don't know. Why don't we go off the board with like uh, Jack Campbell is going <laughs> to put up like a 930 and carry the Maple Leafs or something silly. I don't know. I think the safe bet is um, it's Vasilevsky because he is the best goalie in the world right now. Um, we could see. It's not going to be John Gibson because their team's only going to win 30 games this season at most. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like him a lot. Uh, Hellebuck is always a good option. Yeah, always but, liked him. But the Jets are, you know, they're they're a bubble team, I would say, right? They're they're sort mm-hmm. of a middling team that that's not guaranteed to be even make the playoffs. Uh, and that's that's another reason why, I like, like I, I think Demko might have a really good year, but I don't think he's going to be a Vezina candidate because right. I don't think that I don't see the Canucks being like a top three team in the NHL. Yeah, so let's. I agree with you. So let's go from Demko to a teammate, Pod Colson. Would he have a chance to win the Calder? Sure, why not? He has a chance to, but I, he's not going to play like major impactful minutes. And you guys got uh, Quinton Byfield, Zegris, Cole Caulfield. There's a Cole lot of Caulf- really Cole Caulfield is, yeah. is I think, is that your pick? pick? I think so. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, he he's really good. <laughs> like he <laughs> could. I think he could. You know, score. I think he scored 30, 30 goals this year, right? Yep. Like, I mean, he had, he only had four in the playoffs, so I don't want to get mm-hmm. too far ahead of myself. But I mean, he had four in his 10 regular season games last year, right? So if he goes out and he scores 25 goals, right? That's usually a pretty easy uh, Calder win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, and I think it would it would bring some consternation to Canucks fans who saw the Canucks pick Pod Coles and while Caulfield was still on the board, but that's easy to say now. Pocos is just starting his career, so I'm not going to freak out too much if he doesn't win a Calder Trophy. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's just got to be a finalist. We got to keep up the <laughs> keep up our our Calder, <laughs> at least contenders. Hoaglander wasn't one, but he was close. Yeah, top five, I think. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, all right, you get to pick the next one. Okay, let's go with um, Noah. Did you see the Islanders being contenders now? They signed a bunch of guys today, right, or something? Or they did or? well. They signed them a long time ago, oh. uh, but but Lou Lamorello doesn't tell anyone, and he doesn't submit them to the league until the last possible second. What? Uh, so I, I I think it came out that like the Palmieri contract was done, like a few weeks ago, but Lamorello just never submitted it, and he never told anyone because um, that's his thing. Uh, so they signed uh, multi-year contracts for Anthony Bavillier, Casey Sezikis, Kyle Palmieri, and Elias Sorokin, uh, all technically signed today, this morning, uh, but they were all just announced uh, today. Wow. So they made it to Final Four, right? They lost to Tampa in the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, did they? I, I, the, the division's got me so messed up. It is. Yeah. It is confusing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they still have their Matthew Barzell, Lee, Nelson, Palmieri, Pajot, Bailey, Bavillier, Clutterbuck. Okay, and then who else do they have on defense? Uh, their defense is good. Boychuk, mm-hmm. Pelic, Pelic is Pelic is really Pelic. good. See, I'm butchering all the names. <laughs> I'm going to find a name I can say. Andy Green. <laughs> yes, I think yeah, he, he's just not greeny. There's an E at the end. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. dang it. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try their goalie. So, yeah, they're, they're, I'm, I'm just kidding. They're, I think they have a good team. Uh, are they contenders? They, I think they're always contenders. If you make Final Four over, you know, a couple times over the past three years, I think you are a contender. I think they are a contender. I just have trouble picking them because of their play style. 
Um, yeah. Because they are such a, a heavily defensive team, right? You look yeah. at the East division last year, which was the division they played in. Uh, they finished fourth uh, in their division, but mm-hmm. they were fifth. No, they were sixth in goals for in that division, but they were first place by a mile in goals against, right? Yes. Uh, they might have led the league in goals against. Uh, no, Vegas had a couple less. Um, but the Islanders only allowed 128 goals in 56 games last season. So yeah. about two, less than two and a half per game, yeah. uh, which is crazy when you look at the Canucks who allowed 188. <laughs> so the Canucks allowed more than one more goal per game uh, than the Islanders. But yeah, when I you like, have a team with that much structure, yeah. like once they make the playoffs, that, that's the type of team that yeah. can win in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they just got to make it. And I know it's pretty funny, man. I remember some of our shows in the summer, we were totally ragging on them. They're so boring. They're a bunch, a bunch of nondescript guys, they but, they're su- <laughs> they're su- but they're successful. Can yep. you go to Lu- Lucas's from way back, like at 1046? Because I really like this question. Uh, any games of notice you plan to go to for the next upcoming season and that he's waiting for approval to get back to work? Awesome. I know him and Justin are among two people in our chat always that, that do work for the team. So I, I haven't looked, I haven't split mine up with my season ticket partner, but... Uh, what games in a perfect world would you try and get to this season? Oh, I haven't even really looked at the schedule. Yeah. Um, so forget about dates. Like, forget who cares about dates. This. What games would you like to try and go to teams? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always the marquee ones, right? Like, yeah. like the game against the May Police would be nice to go to, um, yeah. but it will be expensive. I'd like to go see a game against Seattle. Um, yes. Just to say, I did. <laughs> uh, other than that, there's none that I. There's. I used to love, you know, like seeing guys like Connor McDavid come and watch him live, but I've, I've seen him live quite a bit now. Um, mm. And it's like, hey, it's, you know, the I enjoy watching it, but I, I know what I'm getting. Uh, so yeah. there's not a lot else that really like sticks out to me as as like a team I have to go see. Interesting for me, Parker, the last game, uh, I mean, the game I was supposed to watch before the season shut down was March 2020 against Tampa. Marie Huey was going to sing the anthem. She was going to bring me. So I actually got good seats as opposed to, I mean, my seats are great, but uh, some lower bowl seats. And then of course, COVID happened. And of course they've, they've won the cup two, uh, two straight times. So I'd love to go see Tampa. Colorado is always a fun game. Toronto, yeah. Montreal, marquee games, crowds buzzing, but we usually sell those games. Those are the, yeah. actually two games that we actually do sell. So yeah, uh, you're right about McDavid. The novelty will never wear off, but how good is that team? So I, I think for me, Seattle, I agree with you. That novelty is cool. I want to see Tampa. I want to see Colorado. And maybe, you know, I think the Rangers are a sneak. They almost made the playoffs last season. They got some really good players. I'd love to see Adam Fox play live. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the Rangers are actually a, a cool team that i love to see too. Yeah, they are on the upswing uh, yeah. for sure, even though... You know, Chris Drury's maybe made some some questionable moves in stepping into that role, but yeah, uh, they will be a, a fun, exciting team, uh, fun, yeah. exciting team to watch. Yeah, and Chris uh, says, uh, you know, I like to see a game against Florida or the Rangers. Yeah, those are good. Uh, Blaze says, I give up with, now with my question, so I don't not sure if we kept into. Uh, uh, did you keep Blaze's question it was, oh, we'll we'll go for it. Uh, okay. Asking about, could you see Luongo as an eventual GM of the Vancouver Canucks? I can't. He's my favorite player of all time for the Canucks, but I just think there's too much. I just get the feeling that he wouldn't want to come back. He, he didn't leave. Yeah, leave on great terms. He seems more comfortable in Florida, all those things, and it would be great to see him come back. It, it's almost, and we got saddled with this cap recapture penalty. It's not his fault, but that's just another thing to add to it. So I don't see it happening. 
Yeah, I agree. Oh, my light went out. Uh, That's there we all. go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I agree. I think if he gets to that point where he's like a real GM candidate, I think other teams will be his priority uh, yeah. over coming back here. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Steel Dog says you need a longer show because one oh, hour oh, oh. isn't enough. Well, you will get the same amount of shows but on a different day in uh in just two weeks <laughs> if that's yeah, no, any consolation so parker you know, I, this is going to sound like a bit of back padding for both of us not just me but i can't pat your bat across the we were worried today that we were not going to make it to even the 25 minute mark what's going to happen when the canucks actually do stuff and we have games to talk about we might and the rest of the nhl yeah <laughs> yeah that- talk faster i guess i don't know we're gonna be busy we're gonna have to do this every day uh (laughs) no um yeah it it will be uh we will have to do some adapting and and figure out the best way to uh consolidate and and talk a little bit less um but uh no we are uh, we're excited i mean the entire we've done this show for almost five months now uh since april april 12th uh this is our 22nd episode um which is nice we're, we're established going into the season the daniel we, Sedin episode yes but we haven't had anything to really talk about <laughs> like any games right we had that stint at the end of the season after the COVID outbreak uh but those were mean nothing games that were sad to watch yeah. um so that didn't that wasn't very fun to talk about so as yeah. we do get into you know october and we're hitting our stride a, a little bit more a little bit more every week uh, we will, uh, we will have no shortage of topics. I'm sure. Yeah. One thing I'm going to work on, I just noticed as I listen to you intently is I think I nod about 568 times uh, an episode. So uh, I don't know if that's distracting to, to people or if it's showing that I'm actually engaged, but, uh, I just noticed I, I got a, like a, a natural bobblehead. It's, it's good. Uh, the, the, the younger generation, we lose our attention span very quickly. <laughs> so we need some visual cues to, to keep our minds stimulated. <laughs> well, if there's one thing I've never been accused of being in, it's the younger generation. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll wrap up there. Shannon is asking, when is the next Canucks After Dark? Great question. So here is sort of the, the future of the show. Uh, next Wednesday at 10 p.m. Uh, will be our last Wednesday show, at least for the foreseeable future. Uh, so Wednesday, September 8th, 10 p.m. Uh, and then we will be shifting back to our original Monday time slot. So we're not going to like skip a week or anything. It's going to be Wednesday the 8th and then Monday, September 13th. Uh, so just a little five-day gap there. And our plan is to run Mondays throughout the season. Canucks don't play very much on Mondays this season. So it'll allow us to uh, just have shows that aren't necessarily focused on one game, but more so the week a- as a whole um which will be exciting uh yes perfect well said and that's the start of season two and i know parker you have a a fun thing especially unless some crazy news breaks we have a kind of little fun activity that's going to involve everyone on that day which which we're very excited about absolutely we're going to kick off season two with a fun little contest uh sort of idea where everyone will uh you guys can all share your opinions and predictions and (laughs) we'll do a big uh a big uh tournament sort of throughout the year we'll have some sort of prize at the end uh, for the winner there, but stay tuned. That's one you won't want to miss. Uh, is Monday, September thirteenth. Uh, don't miss the next one either, though, because we yeah. like having you guys around. And that will be not the penultimate, but the ultimate Wednesday night show. Parker, as we wrap up, I know you always ask me if I have any final words. Tell us one thing that you're looking forward to in the next week before our next show. Not Canucks related, just in your life. Anything exciting going on? 
Uh, it's a long weekend. Um, it is Labor Day weekend, so it'll be nice to sort of reset. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but I will be uh, I will be relaxing as hard as I can uh, this weekend. That sounds good. How about good. yourself? For me, starting my next course and my master's that I'm doing online, and uh, I'm speaking at a conference virtually on the weekend, so I will take care of that. And uh, yeah, and enjoy some family time as well. Perfect. Um, any parting Canucks After Dark related words? Yeah, Canucks After Dark related. Uh, I thought this went well tonight. I, I can't believe we're at number when when I see that and, and hear it number twenty two. That's pretty fast. They say time flies when you're having fun, but I, I do think that um, especially during this off season where there is there's been a dearth of news. Sometimes I'm really glad that we've had this outlet and um, looking forward to more of this. Looking forward to our our, our channels growing respectively and together and. I'm looking forward. I'm excited. September 1. This is the start of an actual hockey month. So I'm very yeah, excited. It is sports season. Football's yeah. starting. Hockey's starting. Uh, everything is just ramping up from here. So thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Uh, you know, over 200 people stopped in throughout the show. So thank you wow. guys very much for tuning in. Um, and if you missed any part of the show, you can always rewind. But if it is getting late, you can listen to the podcast version after the fact. And uh, if you guys could... Maybe just listen to the podcast again anyways, uh, or just play it in the background tomorrow because uh, we're trying to get up those charts uh, and try to try to take down some some of our stiff competition here in Canada. Um, so uh, thank you guys again for, for hanging out, and uh, we will see you next Wednesday.